0: delve into some side notes. And what are side notes? They may be historical issues that I want to deal with that give you a biblical perspective. It might be something economic, might be something from the Bible, might be some symbolism from the Bible, or it might even just be some ideas, philosophical, maybe even scientific, that interest me and that I think the Bible either speaks to or they shed light on Scripture and allow you to understand and see Scripture in uh, maybe a new, a different, a more in-depth way than you saw it before. So uh, Friday Side Notes is uh, dealer's choice type situation for me in that I am going to just give you information that is important. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know His will, that you might glorify Him, and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today, in Jesus' name. Today we're continuing in our understanding and our study of the idea of salvation. Last week we talked about where salvation is and uh, what processes we go through to have salvation, and salvation is the saving of our soul, and we discussed that and saw that in scripture today. We're going to ask that question that was asked by the jailer who was placed over Paul and Silas in Acts, in the book of Acts, when they were in imprisoned in Acts chapter 16. They were in prison and they were singing all night, and as they sang, obviously a great earthquake came and it caused the the doors to the jail to fling open, and many were running out, but Paul and Silas remained And they urged others to remain. And uh, as they remained, the jailer showed up and he saw that they were still in there and that they had not escaped and that his life would be saved. And when that happened, he says to them in verse 30 of chapter 16, he says, and he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do? To be saved in Scripture, that is a direct question. He is asking evangelist, the evangelist Paul, to explain to him or to tell him what is required to be saved. And uh, this is an issue that has perplexed the church in many ways. It is the ap- absolutely, it is the cause. Of the Reformation, causing the split between the roman catholic church and the protestant movement it is a question that has been a source of argument and uh, a source of of conflict between denominations and local churches it's been a source of conflict even within families this idea of what is required to be saved what i would like to do today is i'd like to just read you a book and then in Southernese or in in Southern dialect, that means a lot. I want to read you a lot of passages that deal with directly what salvation is and what is required for salvation. And then I want you to look at them and ask the question, what is common to all those passages? Because so many times when you're reading, the Bible will say a bunch of things in the context of salvation, and some of them may be sufficient meaning there are things that point to the process of salvation going on. And then there, I would say there is one thing that is seen in every passage. And if you dig down and think about it, it is an idea that is there everywhere. And it's what Paul said to them, what Paul said to the jailer in verse 31 of chapter 16, when he was asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, meaning Paul and Silas said to him, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved you and your whole household and that word for believe and that's what he says that we're to believe on the lord jesus christ meaning that jesus christ he is the messiah that's what the word christ means and he is lord meaning he is sovereign over the universe he's king of kings and lord of lords believe on him and you will be saved and so i think we all know who jesus is and the historical jesus and the biblical jesus we know who he is And he says we're to believe on him. And that's that word, pistio. And that means to faith, hope, trust, believe. Those are the four ways it's translated in the New Testament. And it's the idea of to place my faith in Jesus Christ, to believe upon him, to trust him with all that I am, and I shall be saved. I want to read passage after passage to you, and I want you to notice that common theme as you're studying through them, as we're thinking through them, that Jesus is telling us that Paul and Peter are explaining to us and that ultimately we will come to a conclusion that even John and James and everyone, all the writers of the New Testament understood that salvation comes by faith. Uh, Romans chapter one, Romans chapter 10, verse nine and 11 says this, that, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Notice we need to confess with our mouth but what is the common understanding that we find in that Acts chapter Acts passage? And in this passage that causes us to be saved, he said, and you will be saved in verse nine. It is to believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, meaning believe that Jesus is the Christ. He is the Messiah. He is the one who comes and takes away our sins. And what are we to do? We're to believe on the Lord Jesus that he has the power to raise us from the dead. What is the, there? the common thought there is faith or to believe. Ephesians uh, chapter two, verse seven and nine says this, that in the age to come, he might show his exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace have you been saved through faith. And that is not of yourself, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Notice, what does he say? The process is to be saved, he says, for by grace, you have been saved through faith, hope, trust, belief, through faith. And then it's not of yourself. It's a gift to God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Uh, Ephesians chapter one, verse 13 says this, in him, you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Notice the word of truth is the good news of God's salvation. And what did he say we did? He says in him, you also trusted. In who? In Jesus. In whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Notice, salvation comes by faith, by trusting, by believing. Those are the same two words right there in uh, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. That's the word pistio or pistis, which which means to trust or believe. Philippians, if, if when we turn to Philippians chapter uh, two, verse 12, it says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Okay. So salvation requires us to actively be involved in it. And notice he is telling them to work it out. He's telling us that it's, there's something apart, uh, uh, that it's a part of who we are that causes us to have to actually put some effort into it. What is that? We do it with fear and trembling. Those are the emotions that he says we ought, that ought to come with it. But he says we got to work it out. How do I work out my salvation? John chapter 3, verse 18 says this. Well, we know John chapter 3, verse 16. John 3, 16 says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Meaning salvation, meaning that whole process of justification, sanctification, glorification come to comes to those who believe. They work out their salvation. God brings about their justification. They ultimately are glorified. And the process that brings that about is accompanied by Our faith. John 3 18 says, Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe him is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Notice condemnation comes when we don't believe. Condemnation is removed when we do believe. Romans chapter 1, verse 16 says this for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also the Greek. Notice, not ashamed of the good news, the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. I think there's a pattern developing here. I'm sure that you can see it. John chapter five, verse 24 says this, Truly I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. Notice he says, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life notice that you hear God's word he reveals himself to you and then you believe and that faith is evidence of the life that's inside of you it is evidence that God is that has got a finished work that he's working out in your life it is the idea of faith hope trust and believe he says it says in 2 Timothy 3:15 it says this and now, and how from childhood, you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Notice, we've been uh, acquainted with the sacred writings, w- which means God's word. We've, we've been told God's word, and through that, we are made wise to salvation, meaning God's opened our mind and allows us to see what salvation is, and we understand that it, it is and that we receive it, And verse 15 says, through faith in Christ Jesus, in faith in the Messiah that is Jesus Christ. Galatians 2 tells us this, verse 16, yet that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because the works of the law no one will be justified. What he's saying is, well, you're not made okay with God. You're not justified by works of the law. You, there's nothing you can do to make yourself right with God. But notice, what is there that is evidence that you have been justified? What is it that shows the world that you have been made a new creation, a new spirit's been placed into in you? Notice, it is belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. Mark chapter 16, uh, verse 16 says this, Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. This passage has been used many by uh, one in one specific denomination to teach that you must be baptized. Baptism is a work of salvation. The problem with this passage is if you'll notice, it has two parts. The first part says, Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. The second part says, What is necessary, remember, Uh, baptism there is sufficient, but it's not necessary. And the reason it's not necessary is because the second part of the passage says this, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. So uh, baptism is not mentioned in that second part of that passage. It is an important act of faith. And remember, baptism is our first and initial act of faith. It is the thing we do in our physical bodies to show what we understand that God has already done in our lives, in our soul, in our spirit, and ultimately in our bodies at the end, it is an act of faith. It is our first act of faith. In fact, first act of obedience to God. But it is not the necessary component. The necessary component is in this passage, and it is the idea of pistio, faith, hope, trust, believe. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Hebrews 11.6 says this, And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Notice, you can't please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God, if you're going to have a relationship with God, you must, what does it say? It doesn't say a bunch of stuff. It says that you must believe that he exists. You must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who come after him or who seek him. Acts chapter 2, verse 38 says, this is that same sermon at Pentecost. Peter replied and said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Notice there is that idea of baptism right there, and that's where uh, some people get off track. We've seen it now in two passages, but but we've also been through 20 passages. The one passage, the one idea that is in all those passages is the idea of faith. And remember, repentance is uh, uh, faith. We hear what God says. He calls on us. And repentance is turning from our own will in our way and trusting in God's will in his way. It's the idea of turning from my way and trusting in his way. It's the idea of faith. He says, repent and be baptized. In Romans uh, 10, 9 and 10 is, is explained this way. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Notice these are the these are the uh, necessary and sufficient conditions are found right here. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved and so notice the uh, salvation brings about salvation is brought about by your faith and you believing and then your mouth speaks it out it is an action it's an activity it's a it's an act of our volitional will we can we choose to do this and we talked about that last week that salvation deals with our free will we choose to trust him we choose to walk with him we choose to believe Titus 3 says Titus 3 says this Uh, but when for we ourselves uh, were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy and hateful and hating one another. He said, but when the kindness of the love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Through the washing and regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is a faithful saying that these things I want you to affirm constantly that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. Notice there's there's works that are involved in it, but those works come from our faith. Notice in verse 7, he says that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope, faith, hope, trust, believe. That's that word pistio there, the hope of eternal life. This is a faithful saying that these things I want you to affirm constantly that those who have believed in God, notice the necessary condition is that I have believed in God. And when I believe in God, when I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, He is sovereign of the universe and he is my Messiah or my Savior, that when I believe in God, we should maintain good works. Why? Because the good works flow from my faith. These things are good and profitable uh, to men. And we should always be doing that. Now, uh, works works are the natural manifestation of God at work in our lives. Our good works are the natural work of God in our lives, and they're evidence of His good work in our lives. But what comes first, the main thing, the necessary condition of salvation is faith, hope, trust, belief. It makes us alive. It is is how we respond to the finished work of God in our lives. It is our part of our free will choosing to trust him. It's how we join him in who he is and what he's doing. And I hope you'll do that. I hope that you're doing that each and every day yourself. And if you are, I can promise you this, that salvation is yours because of your great faith. I'm going to believe that's going to be the case for you and expect it for you and expect you to see the power of God's hand at work in your life and the provision of his storehouse of goodness and ultimately the purpose he has for you. And I'll expect that each and every day in the name of Jesus, amen. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.